0: Yehudi Geber here with another um, podcast, history, Jewish history podcast. We um, The other day we talked a little bit about Urb Shimon and his teaching career and the thought we would not leave it hanging. A um, little bit about the legacy that Herb Shimon left behind, a rich and, and enduring legacy. And if we think about it, it really you know, splits up into three components. There's the Sfarim, yeah, his text, uh, his Shi'urim and Sfarim that he left behind, that people use till this very day. There's his family, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his descendants, and um, and of course his Talmidim. And if we want to keep this in a manageable uh, time slot, um, we'll leave the Talmudim for a future podcast. And we'll try to focus on the first two, uh, now, um, interestingly enough, none of this farm that were put out from him were actually written by him, um, which is not that unique if we think about it for a second. Most of Sifri Hasidus, for instance, were not written by the Rebbe's themselves. The Naimali Melech never wrote the Naimali Melech. The Baal never wrote anything down, neither did the of Mizrich. And many, many, and most, up until this very day, by the way, uh, most of the Rebbe's. It's not They don't write it down themselves. Um, Hasidim write it down, Talmidim, children, it's written down later. It's collected from Shalashudah's Torah. Obviously, the Tanya of the Altar Rebbe is an exception. He himself wrote it and published it in his lifetime. Another interesting exception is the Sfarim of the Chayez of Lublin, who wrote Zeiss Zikarin and Zikarin Zeiss and his other Sefer. Um, himself, but he didn't publish it. It was only published quite a few years after he died. So there are exceptions. But if we go into the Litvish yeshiva world, it's a very similar thing. Most of the shiurim that are collected, both of today's generation and of previous ones, were not written down by the the uh, Rashi yeshiva themselves. They didn't write down their shiurim. Of course, not all of them. Rav Shach did write, Avi Ezri and other Rashi yeshiva did write their sfarim. But very often it's collected, again, from notes from Talmidim. Rabbi Ruchim Levavitz in his Musr never wrote down his own Shmuzin. His son put it together after he died, but that's for another time. Um, An interesting uh, halfway example is Rebar HaBear. He only wrote the first volume of Birkas Shmuel. On Yevames, Kedushin. I think Bava Kama, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He wrote and prepared and had it ready for publication. Uh, the rest of the volumes of Berakas Shmuel were not written by him; they were taken afterwards. I remember uh, one of my r- rabeim in the Mir Shiva, Rebbe of telling me how it's so hard and difficult to understand the cryptic language of Reb Baruch Ber in the later volumes because he himself did not write it. And he even told me something more. He said that um, that so there was something that was like to him seemed inconceivable and not understandable. So he went uh, many years before. He went to his brother-in-law, Nachum Partsovich, the Mira Shiva. And Nachum had learned in in uh in Kamanids by Reb Baruch Ber for two years, um, when he was about 16 years old, and uh young, quite young, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, I don't remember exact years. And and he asked Ribnachum what what could possibly the, be the explanation for this uh for this strange and obscure Reb Ar-Khber. And Reb Nachum said, I remember the she'er that rabbar khber said, and, and he said it differently, and this is what he said. And Reb Ar-Khber turns to me, and he says, and I trusted Reb Nachum, my brother-in-law's memory, from when he was a 15-year-old Bakr, than what was printed in the text of Birkaz Shmuel, um, of those other mesechtas that rabbar himself did not write. So that's interesting about uh, Birkaz Shmuel. Another person who never wrote, his, who did not write his own safer was Mrs. Zalem Meltzer. His Evan HaEzel, he had a sloppy handwriting and he therefore, did, the printers were not able to read his handwriting. So he would pace up and down his room and his very famous uh, 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 Rebitson, Rebitsen Hinde, who was a Frank daughter, a daughter of Reb Frank. Frank. Um, she was a, quite, a, quite a famous uh, character. Both in Slutsk and Kletsk and later in Yerushalayim. So she would write it down. So his wife wrote the Sefer. He would dictate it and she would write it down. Uh, when I was a Bachar in Mary Shiva, I used to eat very often Shalashuddas by a very elderly and special Yerushalmi Jew. Big Tzaddik, a big talmud Chacham, not to Zacharin And he would tell us hundreds of stories. He was a, a warehouse of stories. He also had Alzheimer's, which meant that his short term memory was shot. And his long-term memory was perfect. And that was a very interesting uh, platform to tell stories because he would not remember five minutes later that he already told us the same story. So the result was that we heard the same stories again and again. And luckily for that, I remember some of the stories because I heard them so many times. So one of the stories he told us was that he was one of the closest uh, students of Rabbi Zalman in Eitz Chaim, so much so that when Rabbi Zalman's grandson, Rabbi Kutler Cutler, learned in Eitz Chaim uh, during the war years, when he was in Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Zalman asked Reb Natafrein to learn with him, because there was no one else in Eitz Chaim that was even, even close to the level of learning that Rabbi Schneir Cutler was at. So he was Rabbi Schneir Cutler's for about uh, six years. So Rabbi told us that when Rabbi Son Beila was busy, she was cooking for Shabbos or something, Rabbi Zizalman would ask him to write it, so he wrote part of the Evan HaEzel. So getting back to Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, um, his most famous and classic Sefer, and the one that's considered to have been the most closely actually written by him, but also was not written by him, was his was his uh, magnum opus Sharei uh, Um although that wasn't written by him either. That was um, Rabbi Shimon uh, you know, there's a big difference between the spoken language, especially if it's in Yiddish, and then translating it into a written language and also to literally another language into Lashon into the way that a is written. And he was not sure that he can write it down into a proper written language. So he was looking for someone to write it for him. He went to the Miri Shiva, He asked her Blazer Yodel if he could lend him a Bachar for two years. To write his sefer, and he loaned him one of the prized students of Mir Yeshiva, Reb Bar Nissayi Shapiro who was actually the Balkairi in Mir Yeshiva for a period of time, and he, Reb Shimon, would tell him over a shtikle tira from that he planned on writing into the Shari Yasher. Reb Shapiro would write it into his own words, and then and then Reb Shimon would look it over. He would edit it. He would correct it. He would see and approve it, and that's how they went. And they went through the entire Shari Yisher and that's how it came to be written. So the actual author of Shari Yisher is Rabbi Yishai Shapiro who uh, eventually survived with the Mir yeshiva. He did not go to Shanghai. He made it straight to the United States. He was a Rabbi Rebbe in Taravidas for many years. His son-in-law is the re- current Rosh Hashiva of Rabbi Yitzhak L'chanan, And his son, who's named for his illustrious grandfather, Rabbi Shai Shapiro, a very, a very dear friend of mine, uh, Rabbi Shai Shechter, one of the... Uh, Leading rabbis in the United States today, he shared with me many of the details of this story. Um, the other svarim of Reb Shimon, um, also interestingly enough, there's a chidusha Reb Shimon, which was published in several stages. But part of the chidusha Reb Shimon was actually published in Reb Shimon's lifetime, and um, it was called Mareches Hakenyonim, um, and um, the it was also a very interesting story. It was a desperate uh, financial straits in the the yeshiva, and the yeshiva did something that was actually quite unique um, for the time. Shari Yeshur had already been printed. It was printed and published in 1928 in Reb Shimon's lifetime through the just what we just mentioned through those means. And now we're in 1936, we're eight years later, and the yeshiva decides to put out what's called. In Hebrew and in Lashon Kodesh at the time, a sefer Yovel, in other words, a, a dedicating a book to Rib Shimon um, and his accomplishments, which was directly borrowed from the academic world, um, still practiced till today in the academic world, a collection of essays in memory of or in honor of some big professor's uh, 60th birthday, 70th birthday, going out to retirement, whatever it is, and to do the, something like that, which was borrowed. Directly copied directly from the academic world to write a safer Yoyvel, which was a collection of essays, was considered revolutionary. It was absolutely the first time it had been done in the yeshiva world. It, there were two other instances previously that had been done in the religious world. One for the uh, Yaki Askin, the head of a founder and head of a goodes Yisrael, Myrenu Yaakov Rosenheim, it had been done several years earlier. And another time, it had been done for a mayor Shapiro, the Rosh Hashiva V'shivis Chachmey Lublin. That was for Shiva Chachmey Lublin. They were known for doing things of publicity. It was in the Hasidish world of Poland. Mayor Shapiro was a Chartkiver Hasid, comes from Rizin Malchus. It was a different style, and it wasn't considered as much of a chiddish as Grudna doing it for Reb And they published some of Reb Shimon's in there also, and they added much later added in his son, Ramashim Mordechai. Added uh, a lot later when he published uh, um, Chidushay Rib Shimon. Over the years, there was Shi'uri Rib Shimon, Tayres Rib Shimon, this Rib Shimon on many parts of Shas, published in the 70s, the 1980s, even recently in the 2000s. There's just an enormous amount of Taira from all types of Mesechtas around Shas that keeps on being produced and found and written from Talmudim and others of of uh of the tyra of Shimon, which is an enduring legacy the Vrayan Hainan of Reb Shimon Shkup and his taira that he had. His family that he left behind, he had a son, Reb Moshe Mordechai, who was a Rav also in one of the neighborhoods of Grudna. He also helped his father in running the Grudna Yeshiva. He was a Rebbe in the Yeshiva. He escaped to Vilna at the beginning of the war he made it to the United States, dedicated his life afterwards to his father's memory, publishing his farm. He had two children who survived as well, a son and a daughter. Um, his son, Reb Avram Shkup, learned in the Mir Yeshiva, and he escaped with the Mir to, to, across Russia to Japan. He was able to get a visa directly to the United States. So he did not go to Shanghai either. Um, and he was one of the founders and uh, leading members of the wasn't really the founder, but he was one of the early members of the Mir minion in Bara Park, where a lot of the Altamirs um davened, and really a family together. That's really a topic in itself, maybe for a future uh, a future talk. Rebbe Ramesh and his wife were never, you know, never had any any children; they were childless. Um, he died quite a few years ago, but interestingly enough, his wife. Lived alone in Eretz Yisrael in an old age home um, until recently. I think she died only last year and she had the distinction of being the last person in the world with the last name Shkup. Um, other grandchildren of uh, Shim and Shkup came through uh, daughters or granddaughters, which we'll get to in a second. And she just died last year, being the last person to carry, through her husband, obviously, she's not; a, she wasn't a, a a Shkup herself, but through her husband's name, she was the last person to hold the name Shkup, a very special lady. My mother-in-law, who grew up in the Mir Minion in Borough Park, used to visit her, and a very, very special lady. Um, Rabbi Meishu Mordechai Eb, uh, Shkup's uh, uh, daughter, Chaya, married Rabbi Epstein, also in Altamir, and he uh, founded the yeshiva Sharhatayra Grudna, named after his wife's grandfather's yeshiva, and Grudna, named after Shimon's yeshiva in Queens, which is a very, very prestigious and prominent yeshiva today, run by his son Reb Kalman Epstein, who's a obviously also a a great grandson of Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon had another son, Reb Leizer Zalman, Reb Leizer Zalman Shkup, um, um, uh did not uh, did not did not survive the um did not survive the war um he may he may have even passed away before um I'm not sure if he passed away before the war or was killed during the war really should check that out uh but either way most of his family was wiped out but he did have one daughter named Shoshana who eventually married someone named Frankel she was Shoshana Frankel she was one of the first surgeons in Eretz She moved to Eretz She actually is a unique woman, kind of granddaughter of her Shimon She had a lot of things going against her to go to medical school when she still lived in Poland. She was a woman. She came from a religious home and she was a Jew. And in Poland, as in the United States, by the way, at the same time, and many other countries in the world, there were numerous clauses in the universities. In other words, there was a percentage of Jews that were accepted into the universities and not beyond that. And she persisted and pushed until she was able to get into the uh, medical school at, in Vilna. She graduated with honors. She became a surgeon and received her diploma and she moved to Eretzisro where she was one of the first surgeons in Eretzisro. She only died about 16 years ago, 17 years ago. A very famous surgeon. Her children and grandchildren are alive today, David and Professor Rami Frankel and others. Rabshevinshkap also had a daughter named Chana and she married. A very, very big, big, tremendous uh, Talmud Chochem and Gadol from before the war of Shagafiwal Hindis. Shagafiwal Hindis was his father-in-law's right-hand man. Um, first, he was a rabbi in the yeshiva in Teyras Chesed in Lodz, which was one of the first Litvish yeshivas in Lodz in Poland. And he later was brought in by his father-in-law to help him run the yeshiva in Bryansk which was before World War One, and then eventually in Grodna, he, uh, he was, um, helped him run the yeshiva in Grodna. Tremendous Talmud Chachum, one of the heads of a good Yisrael in the area. Chaim Eizir, the Galadar held of him very highly. Um, he, again, I wasn't able to make it clear. I think he was killed by the, by the Nazis during the war. He may have died earlier, um, before the war. Either way, most of his children were killed, but one of his daughters, um, Fega, Actually, after her mother died, she was brought up by her grandfather, Shimon. She was one of the closest grandchildren to Shimon Shqop. And she was, grew up in her in his home. She took a different direction. She joined first the Shomer HaTza'ir. She left Yiddishkeit. And then she moved to Eretz Yisrael during the 1930s. She kept a very, very close written correspondence with her grandfather, remaining very close with him. She named one of her sons after him, Shimon. She married a fellow named uh, Ilanit. So she was Fega Ilanit. She was one of the first members of the Mapam uh, party in the Israeli Knesset when the State of Israel was founded, um, which was the Israeli Communist Party, actually. And she served in the Knesset. She had a very famous son, who's a great-grandson of Reb Shimon Shkup, um, Uri uh, Ilan, Ilanit, Ilan. And he was a soldier um, in the Golani Brigade, in the Israeli army. And in 1955, in an operation in Syria, he was captured alive along with four of his friends. Um, and they were tortured in their prison cell to give away military secrets. And in order to, when he realized he might not be able to sustain the torture and he was passing out, he decided that instead of risking the uh, state security, the Israeli state security, he's going to rather give up his own life. And he committed suicide in his in his cell. He became a national hero. His body was returned. Moshe Dayan, the chief of staff of the Israeli army, delivered the eulogy, the hesped at his levaya. And he was a actually a great grandson of Reb Shimon Shkup. Um, and his his brothers, his younger brothers, including the one named Shimon Ilani, ironically, um, they lived on. And their those great grandchildren still live in Israel, also as well. So those are two. Uh, Legacies of Rib Shimon. The, the family one has some some interesting sides to it, to say the least. And uh, inter- you know, we I was recently with a family, doing um you know exploring their roots, which we do tours to explore family roots in Europe. We go all over Europe, wherever families come from. And I was with a family from Muncie. and we one of the stops we had was in Grodno, which today is in Belarus. We're standing by Reb and we were rubbing the dust off of his kever. And, you know, one of them commented, wow, it seems like no one really visits here. And, you know, Reb Shimon Shkup, one of the greatest leaders, Rashi Yeshiva, teachers of Torah, and no one visited. We have to rub the dust off of his, his matseva. But in another way, the legacy of Reb Shimon is not just his kever and how many people visited. That's not how we measure things. It's also in the Torah that he left over, the family left over, and Hopefully in a future podcast also the Talmidim he left over. So that's the story of the legacy of Reb Shemin. see who the for tours and other things you can email me ygeBSs at gmail.com but now we are on uh, we are on social media so you can actually subscribe and you should probably just do it now to keep get get it out of the you know get it done so that you don't miss a single episode of these unmissable podcasts. So we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Jewish History Soundbites. If you enjoy it, give a five-star rating. If you don't, don't bother giving any rating. And if you really enjoy it, then share it with your friends and family. Tell them to, to, to subscribe and and uh, give good ratings. And you can follow us on Twitter at JSoundBites. Um, this is going to be This is going to be really exciting for for all of us. We hope you enjoy.